If you'll stand for the word of the Lord, um, it's uh, Matthew uh, chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. You have heard that it is said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today I want to take a look at how to respond when we are insulted and when we are mis treated by others. That's what Jesus is talking about in the text which Greg read for you. So let's talk about the principle and the examples and the model for non-retaliation. The principle, the examples, and the model for non-violent retaliation. You have heard that it was said, he says, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other cheek. And if anyone would take your tunic, would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. So let's look first of all about the principle of nonviolent retaliation. The text, verse 38, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say you, do not resist the one who is evil. Jesus here describes two ways of living, the old way and his new way, the old Jewish law way and his new kingdom of God way. Let's take a look at the first one, the old Jewish uh, law way. Jesus is referring to a command which occurs three times in the Torah. In Exodus chapter 21, in Leviticus 24, and in Deuteronomy 19. He's speaking to people about their law, and he's interpreting their law for them. And he says, if there is harm, then you shall pay life for... This is from Exodus. If there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for for stripe. And everybody said, amen. <laughs> That's in the Bible. That's in the book of Exodus. And it's repeated again in Leviticus 24. If anyone injures his neighbor as he has done, it shall so be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, whatever injury he has given a person shall be given to him. And in Deuteronomy 19, when Moses repeats these, land, these laws for the people of Israel as they enter the promised land, he says, your eye shall not pity, yet shall be life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot, foot for foot. At first, this seems to us rather barbaric and cruel, doesn't it? Barbaric uh, 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 and cruel. Put out his eye, knock out his tooth, burn him, cut off his foot. What? What's that mean? But even to this day, what is our natural reaction to injury when someone hits us. Well, hit them back. So don't be so critical of something 3,000, 4,000 years ago when it's still true today. There's a sense of justice and not just justice, but almost revenge, right? 
you hit me, I'll, I'll hit you twice as hard, right? Yeah. We want to get even, or perhaps even more. Our natural bent is not really towards justice, but towards revenge. The heart of this command, then, is to slow down, to put a boundary around this cycle of violence and revenge. It's to ensure that the punishment fits the crime and doesn't exceed it. It's really meant to limit violence. It's meant to limit the family feuds which go on forever. If something wrong is done, the punishment should be equal to the crime. That's the principle there that was developed at that time among the Jewish people. It's called today in Latin lex talionis, the law of retaliation, the principle of retributive justice, that what you are supposed to do is to make sure that when someone has done something wrong, that you respond appropriately and not inappropriately to that. So if they took out one eye, don't take out two of his, take out one of his, right? When he does, if he steals your camel, don't go, uh, your camel, whatever. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> don't go and shoot all his herd, right? Take his camel back or whatever. Okay, I know that doesn't make any sense, but you know what I'm saying. But look what Jesus is doing here. He's taking that law, which actually limited human violence. Its desire was to, it recognized that humans are naturally vengeful and violent when we're mistreated. It recognized that, and it put limits on that. This far, no farther. So it was really a law that led to try to lead towards peace and the limitation of the cycling feuds of the Hatfields and the McCoys, that kind of a thing, right? But Notice what Jesus does. As in the previous four examples of murder, adultery, divorce, and swearing oaths, Jesus goes beyond the letter of the law. That's the old way, he said. I've got a new way to be human. I've got a new way. What does he say? The new way. What is life in Jesus' kingdom going to be like? But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. Now, what does Jesus mean? Is he saying just roll over and play dead? <laughs> no, because Jesus himself stood up against evil. He opposed the evil of religious leaders. He opposed the demonic forces around him. He opposed the problems of sickness and, uh, around him. What Jesus is speaking about is violent retaliation against someone who offends you. Violent retaliation Antihistam, uh, uh, it means to engage in revengeful or violent retaliation. Other translations of this verse say it this way. Contemporary English version. I tell you not to try to get even with a person who has done something to you. Another version. Don't fight back against someone who wants to do harm against you. Good news translation. Don't take revenge on someone who wrongs you. Don't, New, 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 New Testament for everyone, don't use violence to resist evil. Don't respond violently when you are treated poorly. Now, that is a pretty hard pill to swallow, right? But that's what Jesus is telling us. And then he will, in a minute, give us several examples of what that meant in that context. But lest we think that Jesus is speaking only out of school here at this one time, even the Apostle Paul and others, but this one I'll point out right now, says a similar kind of thing. Notice what he says in Romans chapter 12, verses 17 to 21. Repay no one evil for evil. Does that sound like what Jesus just said? Repay no one evil for evil. 
but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you'll heap burning coals on his head. That doesn't mean put a fire on his head. It means when you respond lovingly after having been treated shamefully, you put, you put, you, 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 you call out the evil that's been done and you bring shame to the other person, right? You're putting burns of fire, burns of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Jesus understands the cycle of violence which continues to go and to go and to go and to go. In Jesus' kingdom, violent retaliation will be a thing of the past, he says. But we might ask, how are we to respond to injury, to insult, or even to evil people? And here he gives four contemporary examples of how to respond when you're treated shamefully. And these were examples that came directly out of their news feed. Well, they didn't have news feeds. You know what the news feed is, right? Come on. You're not that old, are you? Yeah. These are examples that came right out of their contemporary life. Four examples, which seem maybe obscure to us, but were very easy for them to understand. So we looked at the principle. Let's look next at the examples. The examples. Um, and they weren't, I don't think, meant to be prescriptive, but rather descriptive of what it's like. He's giving examples right there. The four examples are the cheek, the shirt, the mile, and the money. The cheek, the shirt, the mile, and the money. For example, so let's read what Jesus had to say there and just uh, start it little by little. He says, he says um, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. This is the example of the cheek. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn to him, the other also. Now, here's what's going on here. This is not a hit. This is a backhanded slap. Okay? If I wanted to demonstrate, I'd have Jeff come up here. And I'm not going to do that. But I would backhanded slap. It's not just a that. It's as much of injury, it is even more so insult. This is a tremendously insulting thing to do. And in an honor-shame society as theirs was and many still are today, this would be perhaps the most egregious insult to a person's dignity. There were laws against giving a backhanded slap to people. Unfortunately, backhanded slaps were given from masters to slaves. Right? Backhanded slaps were given from the head of a household to a child or even sometimes, sadly, to a wife. A backhand. It was something given from a superior to an inferior, never to equals, and never in the opposite direction. And when that happened, you had basically two options. One was to, 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 to what we call it, flight. <laughs> Just take it, right? Just let it happen. Okay. 
The other would have been to fight back. To fight back. Uh, uh, you know, I may lose, but still I at least have my dignity. Of course, you can imagine how difficult it would be to do that. And very often when we come into a challenge that relates to something like this, we think there are only two options. We have such a binary approach. Either fight or flight. If Jesus is not saying fight back, he must mean run away. But Jesus, as he always, is advancing a third alternative, a third way. In fact, one of the great wisdom things that you can do as you reflect on how to respond to insult or to injury is to stop yourself when you think there are only two options and ask, are there other options that I can follow? And that's what Jesus, I believe, is doing in all these settings. Jesus advances to him a third option. Turn to him the other also. What does he mean? What does he mean? Well, you know, Jeff, let's say Jeff just slapped me, all right? He slapped me. He's got my right cheek. My, my right cheek goes like this, all right? The natural thing, you turn away, right? You're gone. You know, that's what it means. It means get out of here. That's why it's such an insulting thing. But he's really saying turn and face him also and show him the other side. In other words, don't respond to him as a superior, but as an equal. And say, if that's the way you're going to treat me, here you go. Look him in the face. You see? That's what he's talking about. Turn to him. It doesn't just mean be namby-pamby and hit me again. He means turn and face. I look back as an equal. If he wants to hit me again, he has to punch me now. You know? I may be hurt. (laughs) I probably will be. But in so doing, I assert my dignity, and my bold, courageous move might expose him and bring a change of heart. He's saying that's, you know, that's the thing. Second example, the shirt. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Now here's the setting here. You're in a courtroom in a lawsuit. And the laws, generally speaking, that day and sadly even often in our own day, are designed in such a way so that those who have power can manipulate them against those who don't have power. It's very much true in that day. So the Romans would come in and they would try to sue you for your land or sue you for your property or do whatever, sue you for things. And, and, uh, and, and, and it was a... It was a it was robbery, really, that was going on, okay? And they often took advantage of the legal system to take Jewish landover's property. And he wants to sue you. He wants to, so to speak, take the shirt off your back. This is where it comes from. He wants to sue the shirt off of your back. And in the first century, they didn't have much recourse to this. They, they, if they wanted to do that, it was hard to get away. And so he's saying, if you get sued unlawfully by those Romans, I think is the impression that he's having, and he sues you for your, uh, what do we call it here, uh, uh, for, your, for your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Now, what's this? Generally speaking, Jewish men wore two garments, an inner garment, that's the tunic here, and then an outer garment, the cloak, the tunic, the t-shirt, with shirt, it's not a t-shirt, but a shirt underneath, and the outer garment is the cloak. And you probably have several of these tunics. Not the only one that you have, right? You only have probably one cloak. In fact, in Jewish culture, it was against the law to, uh, to, to take a person's cloak because your cloak was very often your blanket at night, okay? It was all, especially if you were not very poor. It was illegal to take their overcoat overnight. 
So he sued you for your shirt. Option A, give him the shirt, let him win. He's the oppressor, you're the victim. It's terrible, right? Option B, you fight. <laughs> you fight, no way, I'm not giving you my shirt. Those are the two things. Jesus is suggesting a different option. What's his option? He says, here, you want my shirt? You have my shirt? And here, why don't you take my coat too? And in an honor-shame society, that's about like saying, here, you want to take everything that I have? Honor, shame. You might, he might just take it. But you will have responded in a way which does not complete the circle, continue the circle, the path of violence and retaliation. That's what he says. I didn't say it. He said it. I'm just trying to explain it. It's best I know how. And what gets me is so often we try to just explain away. It seems to me... Jesus is not really probably mean for this to literally happen, but he's telling something to say, you need to go beyond what is expected, and you will then bring into that cycle. Yeah, he might leave you naked there. I mean, Jewish people didn't, men did not wear a lot of other clothes besides those two things. So, you know, what Jesus is uh, talking is probably meant to be somewhat humorous, right? Okay? But in an honor-shame society, this would be extremely poignant. Third example, the mile. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Now, as you may know, a Roman military officer under law, a legionnaire, could compel you to carry his load for up to one mile, which in that day would be probably less than a mile, but a thousand paces. So you're counting the paces. Yeah, one, two. That's what, can you imagine that? So imagine you and your family are having a picnic by Lake Galilee. You know, you took a time off of uh, Capernaum and you head over to Lake Galilee and you're having a little picnic and in comes a couple of soldiers and the soldier says to you, hey, Jeff, carry my pack. You got to leave your wife, your kids, your grandkids. You got to get up, leave them behind. And you got to carry this guy's pack. The law would require it. Now again, what are you going to do? You're going to refuse? No, I will not do that. I have rights too. Well, that's one option. Or will you just go, one, two, three, four, ninety-eight, another, you know, angrily follow along and be knowing, being uh, uh, that way. Is that what you do, you know? Um, or, he says, you do it, and of your own free will, you go for another thousand paces. What is it you're doing? You're responding to the evil in each case in a way which shows its unfairness. It shows us something, but it doesn't do it in a violent way. As a result, you recapture your, your dignity, and who knows, you may have made a change of heart by the time you go those 2,000 paces. We don't know. The fourth example, the one about money. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Here it's a different. You're the person who has the resources. And there's someone who wants and needs some of your resources. All four of these examples uh, are similar, but this one's turned the opposite way. You have the money, someone else, you know, uh, maybe it's a beggar on the street, maybe it's a tenant who can't pay rent. I, I don't know, you know. Option one, you, you give, but you do it resentfully or with conditions attached or only when you determine, determine the person's deserving. Or option B, no way, get a job, you know. Or option C, you live with a generous spirit. You live with a generous spirit. Now, I know these are hard to know what they both meant in that day and even what they mean for us today. But you see that Jesus is building a kind of people 
who refused to get into the cycle of retaliation and anger. He's making different kind of people. He understands that continue that anger, angry cycle just perpetuates and builds resentments. And, you know, what does this mean for us personally? I don't know exactly, you know. I don't mean, though, that it means to throw your money away or to give your coat away or to walk around naked. I I think those are misunderstandings of that. It means, I think, to live with a generous spirit, to follow the example of Jesus, to do what the apostle Paul said, to leave vengeance in God's hands. I think it means to find and ask God for the wisdom to respond in a third way, not the two options that just seem to give you negative And I think it means to put on love, for love covers a multitude of sins, the Bible says. It means to live with a loving attitude. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus says in the next verse. You have heard it said, love your friends and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies. Oh, my goodness. You thought today was hard. What about next time when we talk about that? That's what Jesus says for us to do. And I think what we want to do is look to our ultimate model, Jesus himself. So let's look finally at the model of nonviolent retaliation. Who is Jesus? Remember, Jesus himself is announcing the good news of the kingdom. Jesus himself lived the kind of life he called us to live. When they mocked him, he went as silent as a lamb. When they challenged him, he, he responded in creative ways, which made, uh, made them think. He says, they asked him a question. Let me ask you a question. John's baptism, was it from God or from men, right? You answer my question, and I'll answer yours. He's calling to mind. He says, when they bring the woman caught in adultery before him, he says, okay, I know what the law says. You told me what the law says. Who's going to be first? The one without sin? See, Jesus was, he says, they said, should we, pay, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And I said, well, show me a coin. Whose image? Caesar's, well, give Caesar what's Caesar's. Caesar's, <laughs> that is his money. Give God what is God's, your heart, right? Yeah, Jesus is always doing this. And then ultimately, when they come to him with swords and violence, what does he do? But he says to Peter, put down your sword, don't take them, take me. And he walks directly towards his own execution. Jesus did what it was he told us we were called to do. When they ta- attacked him, he did not strike back. He bore the cross for us and called us to bear our cross for him. See, the Sermon on the Mount isn't just about you and me. It's about Jesus himself. Jesus lived the life he calls us to live. The Sermon on the Mount isn't just about how to behave. It's about discovering God in the person of Jesus who loved us and died for us and responding to that love, that expression of love given to we who were as guilty as those who put the nails in his hands, as guilty as those who said, crucify him. We're as guilty of all of those. And he on that cross said what? Father, forgive them, for they don't understand what they're doing. Yes, Jesus is our model. And I think as we respond to him who gave his life for us, we will find better ways to respond than to go lashing out, lashing out. We will people be people 
who do what First Peter said that we are called to do. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued to entrust himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live in righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. I'm convinced that the more that we surrender to and reflect on the one who suffered injustice for us, we will find creative ways to respond without continuing the cycle of violence around us when we face difficulties. And God will give us wisdom to find, like Jesus did, the third way through. Let's have a prayer while we close. Lord Jesus, we're grateful and thankful that you have not just given to us a better idea about how to live, but you have actually demonstrated it in the most profound and poignant way possible. We pray that you help us to be able to figure out what all of these words mean for us in a world where violence seems to be the way to respond to most problems. Help us to find a third way. Thank you that you were willing to give your life for us. Teach us what it means to lay down our lives for others, what it means to turn the other cheek, to go the second mile, to give the coat and the cloak, and to give to those who ask of us. Teach us what it means to be Jesus' people in this world of chaos and confusion. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.